Welcome to the geek to geek podcast, where geeks can be fit too. This week, anyway, I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host Beige. I like to be fit. <laughs> Today we're talking about geeky exercise, geeky fitness, um, something along those lines. We're not going to go hardcore into fitness, so don't think we're going crazy health nut on you here. But yeah. we've mentioned it a bunch of times that both of us try to stay a little bit more fit. And um, I mean, Bij has his own podcast where that's all he talks about. We used to have that segment that was called Health Hacks, which is what the new podcast is for him. Yeah. Um, so we just kind of want to talk about what we do in general and a little bit more context around it and how we yeah. tie in some of our like our geeky habits into it because i've found that that's been key for me to keeping up with fitness yeah i can totally see that it's really helped me a lot of times to be able to just go outside and know i'm gonna have this awesome podcast to listen to and i don't allow myself to do it until i'm outside or something like that so that i will make myself actually go out and exercise so we're gonna talk about things along those lines um usually we kind of give you guys a whole history but i think some of that's just gonna come out while we talk about it so i i guess i want to start with my oh and the other thing this week it might be a little bit shorter main topic so we might have some extra time to talk weekly geekery which could be fun um could be so for me my primary exercise is running and i basically do that whenever i can i can't in the middle of winter because of where i live but i love to run the rest of the year and that's like my main exercise i didn't really get it into it until actually college i mean a lot of people say they've been running you know forever and like i didn't even do it in college i did it after college right before i had kids is when i started really running yeah so i was probably 22 ish yeah so like right after college but before i had kids and um before we had our daughter that was the first time that i ever got into any kind of regular exercise habit i mean it took me you know 22 years of life before i finally hit it and as soon as we had a kid, like that got thrown out the window. You know, the whole schedule just gets thrown away. <laughs> oh, that's why I was laughing to myself when you said that. I was like, thank goodness it happened before you had kids or you never would have started exercising. It's interesting. I mean, it, one of the things I learned from that is that your schedule will get messed up. Like no matter what your exercise regimen is, no matter how often you want to run or bike or whatever it is that you end up doing, you will get thrown off of that at some point. And the key isn't to worry about that the key is to just get back to it you know and like you won't always spring right back to it you're not gonna like have a week off you know because life happens i mean life happens and then you're not gonna go back to the exact same schedule you were on you know you might have to ease back into it you might have to cut it back depending on what's going on in life but like the main thing i guess i want to get across is that the thing i found most helpful with fitness is to know that no matter where I am, I am going to like fall off the horse and you just have to get back on. And you can beat yourself up about it. Not necessarily you in particular, but the the general you will beat ourselves up for missing a week, missing a day, and then feel like we just can't get out there and do it anymore. But the best thing that you can do is just get out there and recognize that it's going to be hard again because it may be just a little bit harder if you're a week off and it may not feel as natural and my number one thing on that one is just making sure that I make my exercise a priority that I don't have to be a crazy gym rat about it you know I don't have to live at the gym go three times a day and you know have my picture on the wall as the customer of the month and or anything like that but 
just looking at my day, at one point I was not taking any meetings at work before 10 a.m. because that allowed me to run anytime I wanted to before work. Because I have a major commute from work that I have an hour and a half each way. If I wanted to run, I had to prioritize it. So if somebody wanted an 8 o'clock meeting with me, nope, sorry, I can take meetings after 10. That way, every time I needed to run, I could. Unless it was my boss saying, you know, Bede, you get in here and you do this. I'm like, yes, I will. Thank you, sir. And uh, put off my running for that. But generally, just making it a priority and it just being part of your life at that point. People knew, oh, yeah, we don't make meetings with BJ before 10 o'clock. And it's fine. That, that was just, you know, he's running. And well, and it's important to figure out what works for you, too, because yeah. like that works for you. That would never work for me. I'm not a morning person. And mm. when I did work in an office, I always bumped my schedule earlier in the day. So I would wake up super early, beat rush hour. I'd go into the office early and then get out like earlier in the afternoon, evening so that I'm not fighting rush hour both ways. So when I was doing that, I got into the habit of doing a lot of like sunset runs and that just fit with my schedule. And now that I'm a freelancer, and I'm working from home or have been anyway for the last couple of years, I really like to take a midday break to go for a run because I feel like if I'm in the middle of working on something and I break away and like let my mind think about other stuff, I actually process like the code or, you know, whatever project I'm working on in the back of my head. And then when I come back home, I take a shower, I eat some lunch, sit down. I've fixed a lot of the problems that I was working on before I went for that run without even thinking about it. That's just something that I've found works for me. So it's one of these things like you try different things and figure out what works for you. You know, and I know that you and I have talked about this a little bit before in terms of your sunset runs sound like a miserable, miserable experience for me. I hate running at the end of the day when my body's already tired. But I realized that even though I like doing early morning runs and we talked about dawn runs and how that sounded like the worst thing in the universe to you, where I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I really do. I love uh, midday runs. And that was one of the things that actually made me a runner in the first place, because it was exactly what you were talking about. I was doing the Kickstarter back in 2012. And I was treating it like a full-time job that summer. I was sitting on my computer working on blogs and networking and things like that for eight to ten hours a day just at the computer doing this on just on constantly. And in the middle of the day, I was going to the gym or I was going to the track and running during that period. This was when when running became a habit for me because it became that break in the middle of the day where I could get away from what I was working on, think about the next few things I needed to do and come back with a new vigor at it. And it was awesome. That's what I'm doing now. I mean, I consider myself an early morning runner, but almost every run I've taken has been between one and three o'clock in the afternoon for like the past six months. So I guess I'm like you in that regard. That's what I do now, too. It's one of those things like, you know, you you got to learn, like we said, don't beat yourself up about it. Be flexible. Learn to switch your schedule if you have to. I mean, you know, life changes, situations change. My kids got older. They're, they keep getting older, you know, so I keep having to, like, modify what my schedule looks like. And, you know, we have to have a parent home. Like, it, our kids cannot be left alone yet. So depending on what my wife is doing with her social life and with her exercise, because she goes to a lot of classes and stuff, whereas I usually oh. work out alone. So, yeah, like if she's out exercising, I can't be out exercising because someone's done with the kids. So, I mean, just being flexible is a big part of it. And then, yeah, like the other thing I want to talk about when it comes to just like starting, because I know that's hard for a lot of people, like if you've never done it, is that anybody can do something. 
and like I have really bad asthma and allergies. The allergies trigger the asthma. And mm. it took me years to sort that out. I actually missed almost an entire year of school because I was homesick with allergies that were triggering oh asthma so that I couldn't breathe. And they didn't figure it out. Like we had to keep going back to the doctor and they're like, no, I don't think that's it. And, you know, it took legitimately Ugh. an entire school year. I missed most of sixth grade because I was homesick and like my goodness <laughs> my yeah i mean my dad was like the mvp he would go to school drop off my homework and assignments get my new homework and assignments and bring them back he would do that a couple times a week but oh my goodness that's crazy yeah and like it's it's just been a lifelong thing ever since then but getting the initial part figured out like that i mean that's gonna hang over me for the rest of my life right. you know i never want to feel like that again and yeah. I worry about it on bad breathing days. You know, I worry about it when I'm out on a run and I just I cannot go as fast as other people. And I yeah. come to terms with that. Well, <laughs> I would like to think that I've come to terms with it, but I probably I probably haven't. I mean, I yeah, see that, I mean, that's actually probably the truth. I mean, I, I, I know exactly where you're coming from with that. And like I see other runners out. If you are a generally like, you know, healthy person of my age you can probably go out and run like a 5k faster than i can and i run regularly and that's something that like i've had to come to terms with and it's it's been hard but it's one of these things where uh i guess i had to learn to stop comparing myself to other people when it comes to exercise because i just i can't like i'm on a different level than them on not in the way of like an olympic athlete like oh a whole different level i'm the opposite (laughs) side of that right like i can be as fit as i can be and never run as fast as other people so like the idea of running a marathon or a 5k or a 10k like in an actual organized race that's terrifying for me i don't think i can ever do that just because of my health situation but the thing is i feel better when i run regularly i feel better when i exercise regularly so it's become much more about how do i feel and what Mm -hmm. is my body telling me that i should be doing more of or less of yeah i I don't know if that story helps other people but it's just something to keep in mind like i think that anybody can do something right if you compare yourself to yourself and making progress instead of comparing yourself to everybody else out there and that's one of the really big issues that i struggled with whenever i first started getting into this because i started and for those of you who don't know i was 310 pounds at my heaviest and i've lost about 150 pounds since then and so going to the gym as a 300 pound guy is incredibly embarrassing going to the track and seeing these incredibly fit runners while i'm just kind of trundling along is embarrassing and i'm not comparing myself to me and competing with me I'm competing with the guy or girl who has been running for the last 20 years you know just and just you know passing me lapping me and waving at me and I'm like you're judging me oh my goodness no stop it and I would stop going one of the things that I've struggled with for a long time is competing with other people on pretty much everything I realized when I was in graduate school that I get validation from being better than other people at anything that I do which is something I'm very 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 much working on right now and getting you know intrinsic validation BJ and (laughs) 
I, I, I have to get it, some, but I've always gotten it externally. So when I would see these people running, I would want to run like them. And I would take off sprinting at 300 pounds and my lungs would just feel like they were being destroyed. My knees would feel like they were exploding and I would start tasting metal. And that was when I realized I went to the doctor and told them about this and they told me that I have asthma. I have exercise induced asthma. So I take a couple of a couple of hits off of my albuterol inhaler before I run because that's what my doctors told me to do and that's all but solved my problems. I can't run in extreme heat and extreme cold for me though. If it's below about 40 degrees, my lungs just seize up. And if it's over 100 degrees, then like everyone else with the humidity around here, I just I just can't do it for an extended period of time. I have to take walk breaks and and rest a whole lot more than I usually do. And what got me running, though, was this competition. My wife started doing couch to 5K. And while she was doing this, I looked and I thought, I can do that. If she can do this, I can. Even though I was a 250-pound guy and she was a 120-pound woman, and she had been running for years, and I had really never done more than the first few days of Couch to 5K, I decided that I could beat her and if she could do it, I could do it. So I get outside and I push myself trying to catch up with her. And eventually I got to the point where I started running more because she was starting to run more. And eventually at one point she said, but running's my thing. And when I started really pushing it and that becoming more and more a part of my identity, it started from being competition with her to the point where now it's just something that I do and that I identify myself as and I identify with within myself that it doesn't matter what she does or anybody else. But for so long, the only reason I ran was to be better than her at it and do it too. And at one point, even when I did my first 10K, I was pushing the time that her office mate Abby was running on a 10K. And I was so happy the day that I beat Abby's 10K time. Abby didn't know that I was competing with her on a 10K time. But because I knew that that was what her time was and it was someone I knew, I could then push myself like a time trial against her rather than my own best time at it. And that kept me moving as opposed to as opposed to looking at my best time. Now I've worked on that and gotten much better at motivating myself, but it takes a long time to get to that point. Like you said, you just have to get used to doing it and looking at yourself because it takes a lot to do that. Yeah, and I've learned I've had to learn that I have to look at my average pace and that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I compare myself to I look at my total distance my calories burned and I look but the main thing I look at is my like overall average pace for that run and that's been a very good indicator for me because it's consistently gotten better over the years but it's one of these things where I have to compare to myself because even like earlier this week you sent me i mean you and i we we encourage each other so if you guys don't know we're texting all the time like we send each other um you know the detailed reports of our runs a lot of time when we get back from a run out of you know the various apps that we use it's things that like i wouldn't post to social media but when i'm just sharing it with you like we kind of know how each other's runs are going you sent me one the other day and you were like oh my gosh it was super super slow paced and then you showed me like what the weather was like and you're like because the sun was keeping me down and the pace that you hit that was super super slow paced that's like close to an average pace for me (laughs) okay and it's one of no it's it's all good because i know that like 
for me, I have to compare myself to me, you know, just yeah. like what we were talking about. So that's one of the things to work on um, and just keep in mind. And the other thing I wanted to mention that that nobody else had really mentioned to me ever is that when we say we're going for a run, we are not walking out the <laughs> door running until we get back to our front door. Like, no, that's what I thought a runner did. And I thought that for such a long time. And so when you go out and you run for like a minute and you're like cruising and then you have to stop and start walking and breathe, you're like, oh, I can never be a runner. Here's the thing. No, you're you're Every, a runner. You're a runner. All runners do this, right? Unless you are like hyper marathon competition level, when you say I'm going out for a run, you don't mean that you're actually running the whole time. You run and then you walk and you run and you jog and you run and you walk and you walk and you walk and you walk and then you run again. Like you do what your body is telling you to do. Yeah. But almost no runners will actually run a consistent pace the entire time. Right. And that's the thing. You said marathon comp- competition. You were talking about people who were competing at the marathons, not the people who were just running marathons, not people who were signed up for the race and going for fitness and health and fun. That the people who are trying to get first and second place are professional runners. That's what they do for their living. And they're running for prize money and sponsorships. No, they're not going to walk. People who, you know, your Uncle Andy, who is signed up for the Chicago Marathon or something like that, he's going to take some walk breaks. Almost every one of those thousands of people are going to take walk breaks at some point. And it doesn't matter if it's a marathon or a 5K or a 10K. People are going to be walking at certain points, especially when you're drinking water. If you don't stop and slow down when you drink water at a race, people, then you're going to sling it in your own face. You're going to splash (laughs) it. You will suck it up your nose and you feel like you're drowning. It's the worst. I, at this point, I'm a fairly judgy person and I'm working on trying not to be. But when I see a runner not slow down at a water station and do the running splash into their face just to shave an extra, you know, two seconds off of their time, I'm like, who? I, I understand, you know, pushing yourself, but you need a drink of water and that's just uncomfortable. And I just kind of giggle to myself and then pass them later because I let my legs rest enough more than they did. That's why you need to walk is it lets you rest. It lets you take a drink. You use different muscles when you're walking than when you're running. So if you feel tired, your lungs are tired, your legs are tired, just take a walk break. I mean, none of us are Mo Farah. None of us are uh, Shalane Flanagan. We are not pushing ourselves at that level so we can walk and not feel bad about it. Even at my very best of running, when I was running about 30 miles a week, I, I was walking every single run to be able to let myself rest and, you know, to make it fun. The entire thing is about having fun. And if I feel miserable, then it's not fun. And I wanted to talk about like making it fun because this Mm. isn't, this is something I didn't think about for a long time. Like I'm trying to get a bunch of my, you know, knowledge out there with this podcast, things that I've learned over the years that nobody told me, right. That like, I feel like more people should know, like the fact that when you go for a run, you're not actually like running the whole time. You take breaks. Like that's what runners do. Um, yeah, I had to Google it. 
when I, I went, do runners take walk breaks? I Googled that just to see if I was pitiful and, and awful for, for, you know, my legs getting tired after four miles or something. And you walk it whenever, and that reminds me, you guys, you walk whenever you feel like you need to. Your distances of running will get longer as you do it. But even if you can run four or five miles at a time and you need to break then, that's okay. That's just when you need to break. If you need to do it after 30 seconds, then great, because there have been times when I can't run five seconds without walking. Seriously, and it's okay, but it's up to you. It's it's based on you and yours, no specific places. Yeah, But yeah, you're sure. absolutely right. And so one of the things that I figured out through the course of falling off the horse and getting back on the horse over and over and over for mostly running, but just exercise in general, is that I can't have it just be running it can't just be exercise because i get bored and this is what i hear Uh, a lot of like people who are just trying a gym for the first time or just trying cardio for the first time trying to get a consistent pattern they get really bored and i ask them well what are you doing they go well i'm going out and i'm running i'm like okay but what are you what else are you doing they're like what do you mean and this is the thing you you need well not everybody (laughs) right but i need something else or i go crazy like if i were gonna go run the normal distance that i run and i didn't have podcasts and audiobooks and music Mm -hmm. and my app that tracks my run that tells me what like how fast i'm going and i need a bunch of other things to think about when my body is running because otherwise i just you just die like your body's like what are you doing stop (laughs) you know so i am subscribed to a ton of podcasts i download audiobooks all the time um i don't do as much music as i used to i actually find that when i am listening to music I'm thinking more about what my body is doing and like keeping a rhythm to the music. Whereas if I'm listening yeah. to audiobooks, when I'm doing audiobooks or podcasts, my mind is thinking about that. It's thinking about the topic or the story and it's not worried about like mm-hmm. how my run is going. Yeah. So, and uh, this is also where like Zombies Run came in handy for me for a long time. Um, I've told oh, you okay. about that app, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I love the app, but I used music through Spotify, and they don't like playing with each other, so I haven't been able to use it because it won't play music in the background. I'll just have moments of story, and then I'll have extended periods of silence before I get any more narrative, and it's the exact thing that you're talking about, where I concentrate exactly on what my body's doing rather than being immersed in something, and I can't I can't use it and until they get Spotify integration working with it i won't be able to use it but i love the app and i know they're always working on integrating more they have really good support for anything that you have like like podcasts or music that are on your device that are playing and then some streaming services so you might actually want to look at it again because i know they've been integrating more and more streaming services i didn't know they did it with podcasts that's awesome yeah it's cool so zombies run is an app where it's a story basically you say Mm -hmm. i'm going to go out for a run and you get an audio story through your headphones that also tracks your run through the you know the GPS and everything in the background. It's basically you are a runner for Able Township, and the township is a post-apocalyptic, like post-zombie apocalypse setting. So you're a runner who has to go out and get supplies and like go on runs for the township while avoiding zombies. And that's kind of the general premise. They have a bunch of seasons of it now. And yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, essentially you say if you're going for like a long run or a short run, which for them means either like half an hour or hour, I think is how they space yeah, it out. Yeah, I think out. it's a 30 and 60 minute runs. Yeah. yeah, and then every, wherever they, you know... um 
break it up. Like every so often, you'll just get a little bit of story, which is essentially like radio communication from other runners or from the township mm-hmm. telling you what you're doing next or what supplies you've got, things like that. So that's a really, really cool app that I love, Zombies Run. I should probably put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. And one thing that's really cool about it is a feature that is optional, but I suggest that you turn it on is that at random points during your during your run you can get attacked by zombies that you can turn on zombie chases where you have to outrun the zombie and it will tell you if you're running fast enough so basically you get chased by a zombie that comes out of nowhere and you have to start running faster than you were running to be able to to be able to outrun it and if not, you know, your story ends and you have to restart it, I believe. It's really cool because it makes you do intervals. And that's one of the best way to lose weight and get cardiovascularly fit is to do high intensity interval training. And it's very hard to make yourself do it. But the best way to just make yourself do it and just sprint every now and then is to be chased by a zombie. <laughs> and I like that that's optional. It's a cool thing they right. have built in, but you don't have to do it. Like, I, I just don't because... If I got caught at the wrong time in my run and I'm just having hard, like trouble breathing, uh, like I yeah. just uh, that would not be good. But it's which cool. is knowing yourself. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's, that's knowing how you run, how your body reacts, and you're able to stay healthy because of it. That's that's the entire thing about health is you have to know what's actually healthy and fit for you is not the same for me. And Zombies Run, you can also do it if you're a walker. Like, you don't have to be a mm-hmm. runner to do it. Right. You know, just turn off those chases, and it's fine. Like, it works just as well for walking. I've done it on walks, too. There's also a Zombies 5K app that is a running training app, as opposed... Because Zombies Run is technically made for people who already run, and they have a basically a couch-to-5K app called Zombies 5K that eases you into running with, uh, with more intervals, uh, easy intervals, easier intervals, I suppose... I should say they're not high intensity. Yeah, I did that one one of the winter or right after a winter where I was just starting okay. running again in the spring. And I guess I want to talk a little bit about that because um depending on where you live, like you mm. can you can run year round. I can't because my <laughs> win- my winters have snow and they have a lot of snow and they get very cold. So But my winters get down to 30 degrees and it's so cold and I'm a wimpy baby. Yeah, I I basically run until it gets to freezing yeah that's i if it if it's in the 20s i won't won't step out of my house if it's in the 30s that i'm not going outside to run it has to be about 40 or 45 degrees before i I go outside to run yeah i i run as late as i can in the season but once the temperature starts getting below freezing consistently i gotta cut it off so in the winter i use a stationary bike inside and i found one that's mm-hmm. fairly cheap on amazon that doesn't take up a lot of space you can get ones that take up a lot of space and, and i yeah. just i don't have the house space for that if i had as much space as some of these exercise bikes took up i would rather have a treadmill um yeah but that's just not an option for how much living space we have so i have an exercise bike that folds up and it's a stationary bike and so what i've found works for me in the winter Um, And I have to do it different than when I'm running. So when I'm running, Mm -hmm. just having audio is enough because my body's doing enough that I can listen to things. When I'm on the bike, like because you're not moving anywhere, you're not getting any like visual stimulus, you know, of the path changing or seeing things go by you. Just listening to something isn't enough. I get bored. So I got one that's really easy to move around and I leave it like tucked away in the corner of my living room and I pull it out. I move our coffee table and I plop it right in front of our main TV and I yep. play PlayStation 4, I play Wii U, 
I play, I watch Roku, like, you know, Netflix, whatever. Mm -hmm. Basically, my exercise time in the winter is either gaming time or TV or movie watching time. It's not like my brains again it, it's not on the exercise because that would kill me i would get so bored if that's all i was doing see and you're different than i am because i can't watch things when i'm on the bike i have a fit desk which is essentially a, a an exercise bike that just has a desk on it so you can use it for have a computer on it so i can type and do things like that and i cannot sit and watch a movie on the bike I watched the entire se- the three or four seasons of Rebels like that and a couple of other things and thought I was going to lose my mind. That just sitting and staring on an exercise bike, I cannot do. Now, I can do it on a treadmill. I've watched seasons of things on the treadmill on my iPad, having it just placed right on the console. Easy peasy, no big deal. But an exercise bike staring at something like that, I I just my mind just wants to just go elsewhere. So I have to get like I hooked up Final Fantasy 14 at one point and had uh, had my keyboard and mouse up on the desk on the fit desk where I could do that. And just lots of things with Steam and, and playing PC games I've played and just handhelds and things like that and PlayStation. But I can't. I can't just watch movies or TV on it. I know myself well enough to I'll just stop. Yeah, and I don't watch a ton of movies and TV, but I I like having it as an option just depending on my mood that day. My typical setup in the winter, like thinking back to last winter, I push the coffee table to the side, but I use it as a table right next to the Mm, bike so I can put a bunch of stuff on it. So typically before I start biking, I will put my water bottle, my phone, my Roku remote, my TV remote, my PS4 controller and my Wii U controller just all (laughs) right next to each other. And I do whatever. And, you know, most of last winter, what I ended up doing was picking an evergreen game that doesn't take my full mental process. So last year it was Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront. Oh, okay. Um, And I would play that while I had my headphones in listening to a podcast or an audiobook and biking. So I was doing three things at the same time, and that kept my mind okay enough that I could bike for a long time. That's the way it was for me with Hearthstone. I've done it a lot on the fit desk, being just waking up in the morning before work. I will make breakfast and sometimes take it in and eat my oatmeal and drink my coffee on the fit desk and play Hearthstone at the same time. And I can just see my counselor right now cocking her head to the side and being like, really? Really, that's what you did? And uh, that's why you're here now, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, that is. But uh, yeah, I can't do that kind of thing anymore. But I would be all about Hearthstone it was one of the best things to play because it completely took my mind off of the exercise part. So yeah, I mean, this is just, I wanted to get this across. This is how I think that a lot of my like geekery ties into my fitness is that my fitness time is not time where I'm thinking about running or biking or walking or anything like that. My fitness time is time for podcast. It's time for audiobooks. It's time for PlayStation and Wii U and Roku and whatever. It's time where I do all of these other things. You know, I just, I guess a lot of people who haven't tried to work out in different ways and experimented with it right. might not realize that's an option. So I just want to put that out there. It's an option. Like you can turn it into time where it's something that you enjoy doing, even though your body's busy doing something else. And that's the thing. That is, there is one thing I would like to point out. We're not saying that we don't like the exercise. That is the furthest thing from what we're saying. But if you are sitting or 
well, I shouldn't say sitting, if you are running down the road and concentrating on every single step that you're taking, you'll never go back and run again. For me, that's a meditative time that one of the problems I have with audiobooks and podcasts, that the reason I listen to more music than I do audiobooks and podcasts is because I zone out while I'm running and completely lose track of what what has been said. That even if I'm focusing in on it, running can, and I'm going to sound so terrible, this is going to sound like such a cliche, that running can be kind of transcendental where I just do not have any kind of thought at that po- at that point and when i'm listening to an audiobook or a podcast i'm just completely disconnected from everything and so i lose the narrative i lose the story that's being told at that point so music just helps me one of the best things i've ever heard was you know that you're in a good place on a run if you don't care what song it's playing that if you're worrying about your ipod and trying to get the best song then you need to focus more on your run and that's actually very true for me is that when I'm just running and letting it go, I don't care if I missed part of it. I don't care if I'm listening to the worst song on my playlist. I'm just going, and I love just that experience of running. But I love having run. A lot of people say that they love having run, but they hate running and uh, because you feel so much better afterwards after a while. It just takes a bit to get to that point. But I'm I'm a hardcore fitness nerd. You know that. Like I'm obsessive over running shoes and and just the the athleticism involved, as well as figuring out what the best way I can get Hearthstone games in enough Hearthstone games in that I can eat my breakfast on my fit desk at the same time. That kind of thing. <laughs> and I'm just I'm not I'm not as fitness obsessed, especially because a lot of my free time goes towards my kids and my family and right. other things. And um, so I mean, there's some kind of fitness level for everyone out there. Don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to fail because, you know, like we all fail. Like even those of us who I try yeah. to keep a pretty good schedule now, I fail all the time. You know, it's just just get back to it. You know, try something new, modify it, try something different. Like everybody can find a way to integrate it into their life. It's just going to be different for everyone. So that's why we want to yeah. get this out there. I know we've talked about fitness before, but yeah, just think about it. I mean, if you don't work out regularly, give it a thought. I mean, see if there's anywhere you could integrate it into your life because it's worth it if you can make it happen. It really is. It's as a former super fat guy who hated being sweaty. It is amazing that running is my favorite thing in the world. And just, I mean, I'm a Dungeons and Dragons, Star Wars loving, you know, pretty much. I have a Yoda statue sitting behind me as I'm recording this. I am the geek's geek, and I'm still the guy my friends come to and ask me about running shoes. I mean, that is... I love three things in the world, according to my wife, and that's Star Wars superheroes and exercise. So if you, I was 29 when I started really caring about this stuff. I mean, I started running really when I was 29 years old, so I was seven years past where you were, and I just fell in love with the entire, I don't even want to say industry, but the entire, you know, discipline of fitness and health. So, and it hasn't cut into my game playing, audiobook listening, anything, because, you know, I can do most of that while I'm running or on the exercise bike or heck, I watch seasons of that 70 show while doing kettlebells in my living room. It's you figure out a way to integrate everything together. 
And, you know, I don't think that anybody ever feels like they've mastered it. Like, it's something you work Mm-mm. at. Like, for me, you know, I have a bunch of things that I want to get better at. Like, I need to do some kind of strength training, and I just don't. Yeah. I should really probably do body weight exercises because I can just do them around the house. And I don't. Like, that's something I should integrate yeah. eventually. I haven't gotten around to it. I haven't figured out how it works with me yet. But hopefully one day I will. You know, I should eat better i've gotten a lot better if you compare (laughs) i know you know how i eat um i've gotten a lot better if you compare where i am now to where i was five years ago and then five years before that. that's fair but i still don't eat well like i should keep working on that and get better and i do but it's very very slow like it's not it's not an easy thing to do and then like i want to try yoga i mean my wife one of her main workouts is yoga and Every time she's like taught me some of it or had me try some of it at home, I really like it. But I'm not one for doing classes with other people while working out. So it's something that like maybe when our kids are old enough, if we have the money to both get a subscription and go together, Mm. it's something that could be really cool as a couple. But like it just it doesn't work right now, you know? There are a lot of free things on YouTube that you can use. There are a lot of really good teachers who put free resources out and do video classes on YouTube for you just to be able to do in your office or something like that. That That's essentially all I do, that I love yoga and I'll find YouTube videos and learn different positions and poses and stretches that I can do alone. And it makes me feel 10 times better when I'm doing that. Just... I've gone to just a couple of classes in my life, but most of mine are through things like Daily Burn or YouTube or Fitness Blender or something like that. Just free resources to be able to just learn what I'm doing. And no, I don't have an instructor telling me, you know, how to correct my form. But honestly, if you're aware of your body at all over time, you're going to you're going to get better at it. You're you're just practicing and that's all it is is practice. You will. So I guess the main takeaway is try something and maybe it'll work. I mean, try it. Um, If you keep trying, you'll find some way to integrate something with your life. And if you do, let us know. I mean, we love hearing about this kind of stuff. Like, we'll gladly talk to you about going on walks or going on runs or trying out whatever. I mean, we're both interested in it, especially like if you want to ask me about ways to integrate some of the geekery into it. I, I love talking about that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of it for our main topic. Yeah. Um, it's probably time for our weekly geekery, which if you don't know, is where we share what we've been geeking out about this week in particular. And for me this week, I've been playing a bunch of Fire Emblem Fates of Revelations. I know I've talked about it before, but I was playing the other campaigns and this is like the last campaign. So okay. Fire Emblem Fates had Birthright and Conquest. You could buy either version of the game and then when you beat it, you can download, you can pay a little bit of extra money and download the other version of the campaign. And, oh. and then you can pay a little bit more and download the third campaign. So there's actually three fire emblem games worth of content and you don't have to buy them all separately for full price you just buy one and then add on to it i didn't know that that's really cool yeah it's it is really cool so this is the last one and it finally feels like the true campaign which is cool like it's basically the middle path between these there's a there's a point you reach that's not very far into the game and you have to make a major decision and that's where the campaigns branch off and uh, okay both of the other ones were interesting but neither felt like what i would have done i would have tried to make some kind of middle path between the two if i had infinite options and that's what <laughs> this last campaign is it's the middle option trying to find this middle ground and I really like it because of that. And it's also kind of cool to see. I mean, this is basically the one where you can almost make your own fan fiction because 
all of these characters that you could acquire from one side or the other before, depending oh, on the campaign, yeah. you get to start acquiring every character in the game, basically. So you can, like, match them up and, like, give them relationships and, like, level them up together. Even though, oh, cool. Yeah, even though in both of the other campaigns, you were killing each other. You were fighting each other, you know? It, it's just really cool to see. So I, I love seeing how they're tying it all together. And I think I'm getting close to done with it, but then I'll I'll have finally finished all of Fire Emblem Fates, which will be really cool. And then you won't know what to do with yourself. You're going to have to go back and play some of the others you haven't played. <laughs> yeah, I still have a couple games on my backlog. I, I want to get to Bravely Second, but we're actually coming yeah. up. Yeah, we're coming up on fall release season here, so I'm going to have plenty to play soon. No Man's Sky just came out, and I picked that up, even though I haven't played it for very long yet. And then Final Fantasy XV is i mean i'm gonna drop everything else when that one comes out that's gonna be the only (laughs) thing i play until i finish it i just think you need to live stream it whenever it happens so that i can watch your live stream of it as opposed to other people's because i don't have a ps4 so i'm gonna have to watch somebody let's play it it might as well be you (laughs) yeah i don't know how live streaming would work with my life (laughs) i i you know play things in little bits and spurts and the kids constantly need things and just do it on vine yeah that'll work uh we'll see but yeah i mean that's the main thing this week was fire emblem fates revelations i know you've been playing rpgs too i have i've been really getting into the idea of retro rpgs lately that a lot of the modern ones are very cool and i'll eventually work my way back into them but our jrpg episode really made me start looking at the older rpgs that i've either played or never played or need to play through again And I've been playing Final... I beat Chrono Trigger. I beat Chrono Trigger on my wife's 2DS, and it is just absolutely magnificent that the game holds up every bit as much as I remember it did. The graphics, I just love sprite-based graphics. It was designed by Akira Toriyama, who did Dragon Ball Z, and I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fanboy, so I just loved everything about it going through. Got a couple of endings, went through extra dungeons and stuff on the DS, and just truly enjoyed myself. So that made me really pick, uh, re-download and really want to get back into Final Fantasy VI on iOS, which I initially put down because the touch controls were so terrible that they were absolutely awful. And they improved them since the last time I played because now you can tap the screen and it puts the the virtual analog stick on there, but it doesn't go away when you lift your finger. So you can adjust your thumb and actually move around the outside of the directional pad of the analog stick like you would another analog stick instead of just, you know, readjusting every time you accidentally move your finger and so it makes it control 10 times better than it did before i'm still not a huge fan of it and would really like to grab one of the game pads with a clip to hold my phone over a bluetooth a bluetooth controller to uh, just basically make it into a handheld system but uh, we'll see how that goes if i end up playing some of the other ios games i'll probably do that like final fantasy 9 as i go through but the remastered graphics, I'm adoring. I'm so used to the jerky Super Nintendo graphics that, that are lovely and that I grew up with and are very nostalgic. But they have really good animations in the new 
in the new remaster with the sprites that I was really surprised at how fluid they were and just how m- much I liked watching the game because the colors are sharp. The the sprites are very high definition and it's just fun to look at. And that's what made me continue on with it even when I was getting used to the touch controls was because I liked looking at it. And then the story is getting to places that I haven't played through nearly as much and maybe not as nearly as many times. So things are starting to be a little bit hazier for me to as I move forward so I'm really enjoying rediscovering this game and even though it's on the phone I really like it and I realize why I hate mobile games I played through all first six Final Fantasies on my phone and um and iPad but mostly on the phone and I actually really like it like I know a lot of people complain about the controls but yeah. that, that virtual like D-pad or virtual analog stick that you get, you can adjust to that in like the first two or three hours of play. And if you're going to sit down and play through all of those like I did, most of those games are 25 hours to like mm-hmm. 35 hours. After that initial little bump, it's fine. And the rest of everything is actually optimized for mobile. So all of your menus, instead of having to scroll through them like one thing at a time, you have, you know, yeah. like just swipe and tap. I mean... It's interfaces that you're used to battle systems too. you know, selecting your attacks and things in battle. Some of them are really, really optimized for mobile. So you can like like they're just laid out different. So it's easy to tap and pick what you want, you know, and then the main thing that I noticed for me that made it so much better is the fact that you can put it down really easily. Like Mm -hmm. it quick saves if you ever walk away from it or shut it or get a phone call or get a text message. Or for me, it was always my kids needed something. So you just hit the home button on your phone and then you put your phone to sleep. And like, I know that it is quick saved right there and I don't have to worry about it. And that's it does it automatically. Yeah, that's huge as a parent. I had no idea that it did it automatically when you closed it, that I always thought you had to hit quick save to get out. No, and again, different ones are optimized to different levels, but most of them, you can just exit and it'll just like retain your spot. That is so cool. Uh, I'm I'm really liking it. The only thing doing this one is I realized why I tend to hate mobile games. I realized it while playing this one. My notifications still come through. My phone is buzzing or having an alert at the top of the screen and completely removing me and distracting me from the game that I'll get a text message or I'll get a tweet or just something will come through and it makes it so that I can't pay attention to what Tara and Locke are doing. I'm now paying attention to what at poopy pants is doing on Twitter. I don't know. I don't follow at poopy pants. I don't know who that is, but that's why I don't think I like them as much is because with my DS, I can just put the phone down and, you know, immerse myself because I game differently than you did. We were talking about this, how when I'm playing a game, I'm setting aside the time to do that and you're not able to do that. So when I do it, I actually disconnect from my phone. I'll put it on vibrate or something and put it on the other side of the room where I don't get distracted. And if it is my phone, then I can't escape it even on vibrate. I've ended up putting on do not disturb before so that I could get a couple of hours of Final Fantasy VI end without anyone bothering me. And uh, I didn't even notice until it started happening this time that that is specifically the reason I don't care for mobile gaming. Yeah, I think a combination of being a parent and also being my own business as a freelancer, I can never actually disconnect from everything fully. I just, it's not something I'm able to do. So the other thing is that a lot of games, um, unless it's a very narrative-driven game, 
I actually listen to other things while I'm playing a video game. Oh, so, no. Um, I'll listen to podcasts or I'll listen to audiobooks when I'm playing whatever. Like, if, if it is a narrative and I'm, like, into the story, I won't. But so many games, once you get into the meat of them, like, you don't need the music. You don't need the sound effects. You don't need to hear what they're saying. Like, you turn on subtitles. Um, I played through almost all of Arkham Knight with it basically turned down to almost no volume and i would have <gasps> audiobooks and podcasts in and i just had the subtitles on because i didn't need it like most of it was just going around doing quests and exploring the world and you know encountering things out and about and then if i did get to a section that was actually like the core story i would pause what i was doing and turn the volume back up but i do okay. that for a lot of games i guess i don't know if i've said that on the podcast before but i do that for a ton of gaming that i do see i didn't actually know you did it until you may have mentioned it and i wasn't paying attention somehow but i didn't really realize that you did it as much as you do until this week when we were talking about it when we were texting back and forth because I don't do that at all. I focus so much on the one thing that I'm doing. I can't even keep music on when, say, I'm writing or I'm coding or anything, that it has to be solely, it has to be completely silent for me to be able to work like that. Well, maybe not completely silent, but I can't just have the ambient noise from, you know, just music just playing because at that point it becomes noise to me rather than something because I can only focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, and I found that I actually do a lot of things better if I do two or three at a time. And it it depends on what the combination of things is. I can't do everything like that. Like, I can't listen to a podcast while I'm writing, but for playing a game, especially, especially if it's an evergreen game, so if I'm playing anything like Hearthstone or Overwatch or um, I bet No Man's Sky is going to be like this uh, or like I yeah. talked about playing Battlefront, like there's so many games where you don't have to listen to the audio. You can be listening to an audiobook or a podcast, which are my two go-tos or Hamilton. Just right. keep listening to Hamilton, Hamilton. over and over. Like, That's all I exercise too. Yeah. Hamilton's fantastic. But yeah, I do that a lot. I do that for a maybe the majority of my gaming if i actually stopped and thought about it yeah so it'll be interesting i'm i'm curious to see what happens with final fantasy 15 if the story has enough hooks in it to keep me to not put headphones in or ff15 might be one of those games where you get into the story sections and then you'll hit like an open world section where you just grind for a while that's that's the perfect time to throw in the headphones but we'll see um I guess I'll mention it some more when we talk about games going forward, because I realized right. just now in this conversation that I haven't talked about that a whole lot. But uh, it's one of the metrics I should probably keep in mind is whether I'm actually listening to other things or I'm strictly listening to the game that I'm into. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I don't play nearly as many is because I do focus so much on whatever it is that I'm doing that I, since I go all in diving that deeply inside one thing at a time, it has to be really good for me to do. Which is why Chrono Trigger taking up so much of my time over the last couple of weeks has been just wonderful for me because I got to immerse myself in something so good. Yeah, Chrono Trigger is awesome. But again, that's one where I'd probably play it with the sound for a little bit because I like the music. And then after an hour yeah. or two, I'd, I would have the headphones in doing something else. Oh, uh, <laughs> see, I like the music too much. Yeah, that's one with really good music, but you know any rpg the music gets repetitive so yeah it does uh the other thing i guess i wanted to mention this week for weekly geekery is the olympics because it just started yeah and i don't really do sports like i'm not into watching sports i don't follow my local sports team at all i mean Mm -hmm. we've done what 26 episodes now i don't think i've ever mentioned sports at all because it's just not my geekery even though i know plenty of people who are into it 
Yeah. Yep. Um, I make an exception for the Olympics because yeah. I love seeing... Far. And I was trying to think about why, and I think it might be the variety. The fact that yeah. as soon as I get bored with something, I have like five other channels to turn it to, to see other weird sports that I never have a chance to see, you know? So yeah. like the other day I was flipping between handball and equestrian and like uh, swimming. Like, you know, it's just, so the other thing I realized about the Olympics that I, and this is me, I know this isn't everyone. I find any sport without a ball much more interesting than any sport with a ball. So many of the ball yeah. sports are similar. Like you try to get it to the other end of a whatever pitch or pool or field or whatever, and then get it into uh-huh. a net or get it across a line or, you know, you're just moving the ball from point A to point B. And then things like, sorry, that was very reductionist and I know it, but still, like <laughs> I'm speaking in broad terms. And then you watch something like equestrian and you're like, how are they sparring this? How does this work? You know, um, yep. You watch things like judo and you're like, mm-hmm. what is even going on here? You know, I was watching fencing and ping pong and archery. I mean, I do a little bit of archery on the side. So archery was fascinating for me. And basically, anything without a ball was much more interesting for me. And I, I just noticed that this week I was thinking that's, about like what I was latching on to. That's a really good point that I hadn't really thought about it. But the ones that I do tend to watch and Jennifer and I are, are going absolutely nuts over the Olympics this year because it's the first time that we've had TV and in in, it's the first time we've had TV to be able to watch it. So we're throwing on NBC and watching the primetime Olympics and we watch pretty much whatever's there because, you know, we don't have the streaming services to be able to watch what's live or choose different channels, but we love it because it's an event. And what we've really gotten interested in is the, well, we love gymnastics. Like every other American, we love gymnastics and it's fantastic. We've been watching swimming a lot and we're really, I have found that I like diving way more than I thought I would. And I know nothing about diving. I know nothing about synchronized diving, but I have found that I love synchronized diving. And part of the reason is for the exact same what you said. It is for the reason you said, because I don't know how it's scored. And I have no idea which one of these people is going to be better than any of the others. But we were watching it the other night, and they were talking about how good this one pair of divers was. And... I go and we watch somebody and I'm like, oh, wow, that was super impressive. And then the people they were talking about being the favorites went on and they dove. And my response was a very deadpan. Oh, yeah, that's better. I don't know why it was better. I couldn't have scored it. You know, I couldn't do any of it. But I look at it I was like, oh, yeah, those people are way better. And it's not like there was anything fundamentally wrong with what the other people did. And I couldn't tell you why in the world they did anything worse or if they did anything worse. But just looking at it, I was like, I don't know how that score but that's better just straight up that's better i think there's something fundamentally interesting about coming into a sport that you don't know and trying to figure it out on the fly in the middle of a competition like my wife and i were watching rugby two nights ago i think and we were trying to figure out the rules without googling it like (laughs) without knowing rugby you know it's just it's this interesting exercise and then along the lines of what you said with the things that are scoring, you know, like diving or gymnastics. My favorite part about those is when you see someone do a routine or a a trick or a dive or, you know, whatever the event is and you go, 
wow, that was amazing. You're like, that was super cool. Uh-huh. And then the first thing the commentators say is, wow, let's talk about all the deductions from that one. And it, I know. You know, you're just like, what? What were all the things they did wrong? That was something I could never do ever. No, I know, right? That's what we're doing. Like, this is just such a fun, just a fantastic feat of athleticism. That's the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. Well, that was the worst thing that that performer is that that athlete has ever done. It's like, oh, I don't know. I, you and I are different people. Yeah, I you didn't see. I didn't see what you saw. You didn't see what I saw. And I actually saw a video this morning that Jennifer had posted on Facebook. That, and I don't care where you guys stand on the political spectrum. That this was a video of the president. Uh, he and Michelle Obama were talking, and they were talking about the Olympic events. And he said he liked watching. Did he liked watching gymnastics, but it made him really tense. And at one point in the video, he just goes, Oh, it makes me tense. She's gonna fall. And it was so funny because he just, it was hilarious because he's, Oh, she's gonna fall. And because that's how I feel when watching them on the balance beams. Uh, it's, it's fun. I'm sure we'll talk about the he's Olympics. Like, a little bit more next week because, like I said, this is my two-week exception every two years when I actually pay attention yep. to Olympic sports, and then I, I won't pay attention to sports again until next Olympics, next Winter Olympics. Yeah. But yeah, it's fun. Well, I'm, I think we'll talk about it a little bit more next week since it'll be on and we'll have different sports to talk about. It's true. Running. Running will have been at that point. I love watching the track and field stuff. I remember in 2012 being on the treadmill at the gym and being really motivated by watching the uh, sprinters going through their track meets while I was on the treadmill. That's really, really motivating to me. It's like, I can do that one day, even though I know that I will never be able to. Yep, we'll keep working on not comparing ourselves to them, right? Exactly. <laughs> I think that's about it for this week. Um, you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address, as always, is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. And if you want to get email updates about any of our network's podcasts, you can sign up at geek2geekcast.net and tell us which one of the shows you want updates about, or all of them. I blog almost daily at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Video Game News Now podcast if you want video game news headlines done quick. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with two E's. And I host the Geek Fitness Health Hacks podcast and blog at geekfitness.net. And you can also find my sci-fi books at bjkeaton.com or on Amazon or pretty much anywhere else that sells books on the internet. We've been Void and Beej with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Go run! Or maybe don't. It's up to you. Or don't. It's up to you. Do, 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 you do you. You do you. You do you.